Asus Absolute Rally, powered by the Kielder Works team. Cordless tools tailored for the world of motorsport. Hello everyone, welcome to Absolute Rally, episode 10, season 22. Well done, we've got to the end. We're here, we're here. It's episode 10, we're going to have a little holiday after this. And as ever, I always look forward to the holidays. But, just so you know, and I made reference to it last week, during the holiday, the guys at Kielder and I are putting the final pieces together for the next big Kielder quiz, which is going to be epic by the way absolutely epic really excited if you enjoyed the wheel one you're definitely going to enjoy this one we'll have to see whether we can get any celeb guests to guess on that one as well um this week i have um i have ryan champion hello ryan champion hello i'm just actually wondering before we go on holiday if jack bennion's enjoying his holiday because he's been on a long one well he has um but he's busy now he's got his own podcast he goes on train oh, set. is that what it is yeah. So I was going to go there, actually. I was just going to say, you're the only one now who hasn't got their own podcast. Uh, I should think about it, shouldn't I? You should probably pull your finger out. <laughs> Champions chat. There, there you go. And there's the answer. And that man you've just heard, of course, if you don't know his voice by now, you obviously don't listen to podcasts. Trevor Agnew, hello. Hello, how are we? We're all good, mate. We're all good. Um, so, yeah, so, no, uh, Jack Bengen's on a, on, a, on a bit of a sabbatical at the moment because he's doing roundy, roundy stuff. But uh, rest assured, he will be back with us episode one next season. Rest assured. We, we can't. We, we want to know how his puppies are. Or his puppy, sorry. Um, how is his puppy? We need to. Well, yeah, if he, everybody could tweet Jack and just ask him how his puppy is, that would be nice when you listen to this. Um, so there you go. So, yeah, we, we are in the final episode. We've got a few things coming up a little bit later on. We've got John Armstrong joining us. Talking about his big announcements of going back to JWRC and also Chris Ingram at the end of the podcast talking about his two year deal, um, by the way, for WRC three and WRC two all being well for the following year. But um, uh, as ever, I feel it, it, it's one of those solemn moments where we've we, we've lost um, legend is, is, is thrown around all the time. And we always say this whenever we lose somebody in the world of rallying. But um, I'm sure you've seen it now on social media. David Sutton sadly passed away. Uh, earlier this week and um sooty as he was as, as he was known as by so many people took so many generations of, of, of rallying and people involved in rallying and, and i suppose um it's natural to go to trev at this point because you became a world champion with him trev yeah for the second time as a team owner he had some world champions so clearly the first time was with Ari Vatnan and David Richards uh, in the Mark II Escort which he was synonymous with way back then so David Sutton Motorsport I remember uh, as a kid as a teenager was one of the companies I wrote to uh, to try and get some stickers in the day like Roger Clark Motorsport <laughs> and Thomas Motors and there's a load of them uh, a friend of mine actually had a little red book that had all these addresses for rally sport dealers and if you wrote it off you got a few things that uh, I came back and back in the David Sutton package as well as the stickers and everything there was a brochure uh, for a group four escort and so I've probably been about 11, 12 so we're talking about the mid 70s then uh, so it must have been later than that, 76, 77 something like that anyway and uh, a group four escort a proper one back then, Terry Hoyle Terry Samuels, all the kit in it uh, gearboxes, engines back then uh, was 26,000 of your lovely pounds and I think the car in the in the photograph was a black one so it might have been Graham Stepolary, would that be about right Ryan you know all this information <laughs> uh, but 26 grand for a proper 
Group Four Mark II Escort uh, was was what I remember about that brochure back then. And uh, yeah, so of course everything about Mark II Escorts, he he, he clearly was well thought of at, at Borum, but. Um, uh, and to have the pleasure then of uh, of being part of his team, and and going on to win the 2003 Production World Rally Championship with him, and what that meant to him at the time, uh, and it was during that year that he brought out his book. I remember it very well in uh, in Cyprus. We had a little press launch for the book, which was called, I think, The Choice of Champions, if I remember right. And he was very, very proud and very happy to get this book launched. And for it took me probably two and a half days out of that weekend to try and prize one of, out of him for free. So that's the sort of person <laughs> he was. Always a used car dealer. Uh, you know, and, and a lot of people probably don't realize that he started off in acting just in the garage. He's, he was back then a used car dealer and managed to build all these escorts when the Ford factory went on strike in this little garage in West London. And, uh, and of course, some of those technicians, some of those mechanics stuck with him over the years. And, uh, yeah, it's so, the, he, he was definitely a legend, and, and it's really interesting you look at all the reviews and social media. is all the same sort of theme as a person when he's in great form. The stories and the fun that you had over a glass of red wine with him was amazing. Uh, it's something that was quite funny, actually. When we got the overalls through for the championship, uh, my name was spelt wrong, so it was T-R-E-V-I-R. So he proceeded to call me Trevere for the rest of the year, which is it's quite funny. And those overalls are quite special to me because of that reason. And and it's funny how these things come back and, and you think about those particular uh, moments in time when that happened and the, and the fun we had with it. But the flip side of that was clearly he, over the years, he, he did have a few run-ins with people and, and, and that was the case with him, you know, and uh, that's just the type of person he was. He was he's quite stubborn about things. And always wanted a deal. Everything centered around the deal. And, uh, but, you know, as I said, I, I remember the special memories and just the fact that we were part of David Sutton, uh, and David Sutton Motorsport was our team together with Stig, of course. And it was lovely just to see the relationship between Stig and, and David Sutton that year. Cause Stig, as you can imagine, um, didn't take any of the shenanigans when it was going through it. So, yeah, um, that's that's my first things that come to mind when I think about David Sutton. Um, but just the the opportunity he gave Martin and I that particular year he was very very good to Martin Rose one year two years before that, uh, and we kept in touch a little bit not so much over the last two or three years, uh, but yeah it's uh, it's a very sad time. Absolutely, absolutely. It's funny you talk about the valuation of the Mark II Escort, the Group 4 one. Right, and, and this is where I'll need the encyclopedia that is Ryan Champion. What year was it that Beyond Valdegard used one of Sutty's escorts? Can you remember? Early 2000s it would have been to do Safari. Oh, okay. Um, I think he, he won Safari Classic in 2007, something like that. See, we were involved as a company, as a group of companies, we were involved. Davidson Motorsport was a customer of our, our sister company, so we were kind of indirectly involved. And I can remember the hoo-ha behind that car getting shipped out. And I think the valuation of it at the time was something like 120,000 quid. Um, and everybody was blown away by the fact that it was a Mark II Escort valued 120,000 quid. And, you know, we were shocked. And you think about what people are paying for them today. 
and that doesn't seem to be that far away in the scheme of things, you know what I mean? Mm. Uh, oh, yeah, I think you'd be lucky to buy an original David Sutton Escort now for uh, £120,000, that's for sure, you know, one of the period yeah. ones, the 80s ones. Yeah, well, that, well that, as I say, a David Sutton car that we shipped out for him and, and everything else, but um, what, what what are your memories of him? Well, like? exactly that, I mean, the, the Escorts, you know, the obviously he, uh, as, as Trev said, picked up when... Um, when Borum actually pulled out of rallying at the time, he he picked up the Ford Mantle and then and then ran the sort of the, the well a private team, but a pseudo works team if you like in the Rothmans colours. And obviously, the a Rothmans Escort is one of the most iconic rally cars there is, and that was uh, from David Sutton cars. And and he, you know he had Mikula, Vattenen, Ericula, Wilson, all these people as as drivers in the team. And uh, you know some of the the pictures on social media from the from the the last uh, few days you know that that period is an incredible period in the history of rallying and and obviously audi were already on the scene then with uh, with the the quattro and um and david sutton was you know it was, it was talked about a lot wasn't it with um uh, with m sport um sort of as a, a semi uh, a semi works team nowadays if you like for want of a better description um that david sutton was the last private entry to to win the world rally championship yes there was there was chronos as a uh, officially a private team but um you know they, he he really did take on those fords and won the world championship as trev said with uh larry vatten david richards and that got him a, a contract with audi so he went right up against audi got a contract with audi and uh, and then ran the cars in the british championship and obviously most people in this country will remember again Mikula, blonquist michel mouton harold demuth and then uh, david llewellyn eventually all doing the british championship in uh, in david sutton audi so um you know an incredible uh, successful team uh, and then moved into to world championship stuff with with Stig and, and Martin as Travis just touched on. I remember. I, I think he was involved. Well, he mu- he must have been involved with the Middle East Championship as well because there's that famous video, isn't there? That's the gearbox right. changed the, the, the side of the road. Yeah, again, the Rothmans Quattro's in the Middle East. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With uh, with 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 a very. Um, I, I, I can say this because I class him as a friend. Steve Black was very much a mullet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think. yeah, John O'Connor. Much, you know, that was yeah. one, of the, one of the guys who stuck with him over the years, and I, I think up until recently, he still does a, a lot with Phil Mills and Mark Escort. So, yeah. Uh, um, so yeah, that that was you know to me. I it, this, it, but maybe this might be an age thing, but I wasn't a hundred percent certain what Rothmans was. As as a, I, I just I knew Rothmans as a sponsor of a rally, but I wasn't a hundred percent certain. Cause I, I knew what the colours were, but for a, a certain period of time in my younger years, I didn't even know it was a cigarette brand. To did, be honest with you, did you really just, grow up in Liverpool? Then? <laughs> yeah, Roth, Rothmans were not a, a, a popular brand. I think it's fair to say in our city, <laughs> number six in Regal. <laughs> probably, yeah, probably. The other thing that uh, a lot of people forget as well, and Ryan will know uh, this was. Uh, he ran Volkswagen Golfs in the British Championships. It was like a one-make series for Volkswagen Golfs, and there was a driver from each of the four countries. Oh, the junior team, the British yeah. junior team. Yeah, yeah. well, I don't necessarily call the junior team, but, uh, yeah, she had Simon Davis in England, um, Robin Phillips in uh, Northern Ireland, clearly Callum Guy, I think, was in Scotland, and was it Steve Davis? Steve Davis, I think, yeah. yeah. right. Yeah. In Wales. Uh, but that was the 87, I think it was. So they ran those golfs and of course Simon Davison, uh, dominated it. He, he was, he blitzed everybody on it. But again, people don't think of that. A good relationship, of course. 
between David Sutton and Steve Bagnell over these years as well. And again, you can imagine those two guys at the bar it would have been mighty fun. Absolutely, absolutely. But yeah, it's uh, you know it's 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 another end end of an era, really, isn't it? It really is. But uh, yeah, as I say. Um, I think I can remember bit bit similar to you. I can remember it must have been around the time Trev, not far off when you were doing PWRC, but we didn't really know each other. But when our business first got involved with with doing World Championship stuff, and I can remember being very very, I can remember being giddy meeting him <laughs> because I want no because you, you know there was even a you know I'm going back you know probably what twenty odd years. Okay, I've been rallying for a couple of years, but you know it's when from a business point of view, I start to get more and more involved with these kind of, you know, names and teams and stuff like that. So to go in, you know, go and have a, a, a coffee and just have a chat with somebody like that is such a big, it was such a big deal. And it's still a big deal to me. Even like last week, you know, we have Millie on and I've known Millie for, for years and I still feel wrong calling him Millie. It's still like calling a teacher by the first name. But, you know, if you, if you've got access to these people and you, you're doing it so well at the moment, Trev as well, talk to these people because, you know, if they haven't wrote a book, then they probably should write a book and we're not going to have these stories forever. Yeah, it's it's true. And it's something that, you know, I, it's, it's relevant because when you do something like that, it's in perpetuity. So everybody's going to see it. And certainly for the people that are involved in it and they're f- the focus of it, their great, great grandkids are going to be see, be able to see what those guys got up to. You know, I had Cal Carley on the show uh, a week or a couple of weeks ago. He's in his 81st year. But how wonderful will it be in two or three generations for people to look back and understand how dominant that man was in Irish rallying? And uh, and it's just nice to have that recorded exactly as you say. So it's, it's a good thing to do. Just going back to, uh, we haven't really got in any other business this week as such, boys. But, uh, Trev, you forwarded me something the other day with regards to Rally Island and the survey and how important that's going to be. Uh, I filled it out the other day. Um, we need to get a little bit of support for this going, don't we? Yeah, definitely. If you live outside of Northern Ireland and uh, you're uh, part of any part of these islands that, that we live in, uh, you need to fill in the survey and you need to, uh, if you if you intend to come to the rally, definitely, if you've got an interest in it, please, please do it. Because it's not about Northern Ireland, it's not about the island of Ireland, it's about the whole of the UK and the British Isles as such to get around to the World Championship back uh, in these islands. We all have to make uh, a contribution whatever way we can. And this is a good way to do it. You know, I'm sure you'll be able to put the link, Tony, in, uh, in some social media after this so people can just click on it. It's a really easy survey to complete. It's only a couple of minutes. And there's lots of rewards for uh, some lucky people. Uh, as I've mentioned before, there's, a, there's a, some accommodation nights. There's some calendars from a client. Uh, so there's lots of things there as incentive for people to do it, but you should do it anyway, but simply because uh, we wander around to the World Rally Championship on these islands and uh, Northern Ireland's the best opportunity to have it in 22. So anything we can do to heighten the business case uh, to have that rally there uh, will be very, very useful. And I'm sure Bobby and the gang will be very thankful for it. Absolutely, absolutely. Listen, we're going to go to a little break and we're going to come back to a friend of the show um, who, who, who you two know really, really well, John Armstrong. This is Absolute Rally. 
Whether it's the pressures of service or an issue out on the stages, it's vital to have the right equipment to hand. Kielder cordless tools are tailored for the world of motorsport and are being used throughout all forms of competition. Go back to the future with the Kielder Works team. Welcome back to the next section of Absolute Rally. Um, we've 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 got we've got somebody joining us, as I said before. But you know, you might have already you might already know what he's doing by and about the time he listens to this. Not entirely sure. John Armstrong, welcome back to Absolute Rally. Hello, Tony and the rest of the guys. Good to be back on. And uh, yeah, I think I said uh, the last time we done done this, I said hello to the viewers, but of course they can't see us. So hello to the listeners. That's it. Well done. Well done. First time. First time. Was it nailed it this time? Long time listener. First time caller and all that. There's all the cliches that normally go with radio. So, um, John, you've made your announcement that we can now talk about, even though we couldn't talk about it last time, so we didn't record it. Anyway, you've made your announcement. We're going back to JWRC. Um, congratulations on the feat of actually putting the deal together in the current climate. More than anything. Yeah, it's obviously really tricky at the moment, isn't it? Um, but we are seeing some really nice uh, announcements um, coming out from, from drivers. And uh, yeah, I'm glad to be one of those. Um, at the uh, Whenever the lockdown um, kicked in across the world uh, last year in 2020, um, we all sort of stopped doing what we were doing. And then whenever it all started to begin again that's when I started looking at the options whether I was going to be able to continue continue with my 2020 uh, junior WRC campaign um, and yeah with with me working in Codemasters um, that was my first point of contact to see and if I was going to be able to put something together um, as you say it's very difficult times for for the for the world and for com- companies financially. So um, I feel very grateful that I was able to um, put this package together. Uh, we put in a lot of work um, over the course of the last, you know, six, seven, eight months, um, just, you know, rattling through all the, the presentations and, and whatnot and, um, yeah, getting the green light as such. So, uh, it's fantastic now to to have something to look forward to and try and um, do well. Now, John, I guess I guess some of your competition might look at you as as uh, an experienced competitor. Now, obviously, you've got four wheel drive experience. You, you, we, we've talked about your R five outings in the past. You were out in the uh, in the mini, of course, uh, a couple of years back. Um, tell us a little bit about what you're expecting in terms of competition in, in JWRC this year. Who who are going to be the the people to beat? I think they've got quite a unique. Thing this year where they've they've got no um, slow drivers it's, as such or, or weak links you know all the drivers are more than capable I think um, everyone there has won a stage at that level apart from uh, William Crichton so uh, but we know William's more than capable as well so there's 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 a brilliant field of drivers I think it's really exciting for everyone that's going to be watching the championship to, to see the battles on the, the stages because I think it is going to be really, really close once we all sort of blow off the cobwebs and get up to speed again. Um, so, yeah, it's hard to say. I think some drivers are going to be quicker on, on some rallies than others. You know, the Scandinavian drivers are going to be really good on the, the gravel events, but 
they're probably going to be a little bit uh, slower on the tarmac because it's not their preferred uh, surface. But of course, at this level, we're all um, aiming to be good on, on all surfaces. So I don't think um, anyone's going to be too far away. I think then on the, the tarmac rallies such as Croatia, um, it'll obviously suit the, the European drivers a bit more. I think um, you know Martin Cockshey is uh, a really good good driver. He's done a lot of events in uh, Slovenia, which is quite similar to Croatia. So he he should probably be the one to beat um, in Croatia. But yeah, I think it's a really cool looking calendar. Having so much um, tarmac in there as well suits suits me and probably William. Um, I've done Portugal before, so that's uh, a good advantage. To me as well and then Estonia is probably a little bit more easy than Finland with it being a sandier surface and a bit flatter because um, obviously Finland's it's all about getting your lines correct over the crests and uh, you know going to try and beat Scandinavian drivers on their home home turf is a tough challenge it's not impossible but it's a uh, I think Estonia is probably better in that respect that um yeah, it's a little bit more like Finland, which, or sorry, a little bit more like Poland, which had a good uh, run in 2016. So I think it's going to be a fascinating year. And uh, yeah, from, from my point of view, I just need to get back into the swing of things and see where I'm at uh, pace wise and then just try and pick it up from there. But um, with it starting on tarmac, it should be a bit more comfortable in the snow. What is the strategy in Croatia then? What do you. In Croatia, um, I think that well, my strategy in Croatia is to to go through the first day, see where I'm at after the first loop, um, and try not to get too left behind as the main aim on on the first day. Uh, I know once I get into good rhythm and find a good balance with the car, um, I'll be able to to keep in touch with the the leaders and you know hopefully battle for fastest stage times and for the top three um, places on the rally uh, and that that's my realistic goal um, it's very hard to, to say anything else whenever you're not um, you're not constantly uh, behind the wheel like I haven't been in the last you know four years I haven't had a full program so um, but yeah like I said I just need to get back into it. I had a good feeling um, with the, the short test we done with the 1.6 R2 last weekend. Um, felt pretty pretty nice getting back into the rally car again and was was comfortable behind the wheel and uh, was getting back into the, the groove. So that's my game plan. You know, you, you have to be realistic, but you also just have to focus on what you can control and uh, just do the best with what you have. And I think... Um, you know, outside of driving, I'm thinking about things in the right way about my setups and tire strategies and and stuff like that. I'm thinking a lot more about that than I did in the past, so I'm hoping that will um, will help me. New new voice from the other side of the car as well, John. Yeah, um, we've got Phil Hall join me uh, this year. Um, you know, I've been working with uh, Noel for since 2000. 2015, um, we had some really good success together over the years and, and grew from um, clubman competitors, essentially, into winners at world level. Um, but 
sometimes it's just time for to try something a little bit different and uh i was i think i was at that point where i was ready to to try working um with someone else and and see if that would be beneficial in as a whole in terms of the whole package so uh yeah the early signs are really good um phil's really switched on professional approach with everything so yeah um I'm, I'm hopeful that uh, that will make a, a good uh, positive change in the car. Yeah. But yeah, you know, you know where that stems from, don't you, John? You know where you know where his his his, his professionalism stems from. Where <laughs> he sat with me 14 years ago, John. <laughs> there you I go. think everyone sat with you at least once, uh, Tony. <laughs> no, no, only once. You were right there, nearly. <laughs> yeah, only ever once. Yeah, he did. He, he filled it the Pirelli with me in 2007, just to make you feel old. So. Oh, I, I, I'm, I'm convinced he lies on his passport because he's still in the MSA Academy. So I don't quite know how that works. But <laughs> <laughs> Bless his little cotton socks. But yeah, yeah. been around a long time. So no, it's it, it's great. I seen the I seen the test um, at the weekend. Obviously in the little R2 1600. Does that does doing something like that is that just seat time? Because obviously there's there's so far removed that that older car now compared to what you're in this year, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, we've been looking at options to to test with the Rally Four, but um, we're we're trying to we don't have a huge testing budget, so we're just trying to mine that as well. But we are looking at at options um, in the future to do testing uh, with the Rally Four car. But this this was a nice um, sort of testing uh, program that came through um, Phil's side with the RAF engineer, and so we were doing some videos for them at the same time, but. From my point of view, I hadn't driven a front-wheel drive rally car on any surface since 2016, so it was important for me just to have some mileage uh, behind the wheel of a front-wheel drive car, obviously sequential gearbox and and whatnot. So yeah, I thought it was it was really useful. But going forward, I would definitely be looking to do more with the Rally Four car. Um, but yeah, I, I was happy with how I was able to change the balance of the, the car on the test um, with the damper settings and some other little bits and pieces. So um, I think they're you know they're still a brilliant little car. It was uh, it was putting a smile on my face just to get back out again and, and drive something like that pretty hard. Um, and yeah, I can see why you have one. They're a brilliant little car, Tony. Uh, <laughs> And that 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 was actually my old my old car that I done the BRC in in 2013. That's the same. I you know what? I was looking at the registration. I was trying to figure out where I knew the regs from. So I'm glad you said that because it was bothering me. Yeah, that's actually the first ever Fiesta R2 that was built by M Sport, um, and I think it was it was driven. I'll tell you, it was with PG Anderson. Yeah, and he he rolled it twice in the Pirelli as he was doing promotional work. Yeah, um, and then, then Alex Laffey have it. Is that yeah, the one it was reshelled then into yeah. the car it currently is, but whenever Alex was driving it, um, and then we bought it off CA One Sport in 2013, and we kept it for a number of years, and then it went to to mainland UK again. So yeah, it's a nice little car. There's plenty of history to it now. Absolutely. So uh, tell us, John. You said you you're looking, trying to look at uh, things in a slightly different way. I mean, the you know the the Rally Four car now is uh, is quite a an advanced, technically advanced car. 
where is the areas where you think he can make a difference? You know, how big is the window on setup to uh, to actually gain an advantage, as it were? Yeah, well, it's a good and a bad thing, I guess, with the junior WRC that the the setup is is fairly fixed. Um, so there's only uh, certain things that you can change. Uh, the the ride height for all of the competitors is fixed per event. Um, so you can't change the ride height. You can't change the uh, the front springs, so the front springs are also fixed. Um, so, for example, in, in Croatia, we've got soft um, front mainspring. Um, but you can now change the rear spring um, to be either a harder or a softer spring. Um, so that's an option that we can look at. Uh, and then, yeah, damper clicks is is the big thing that we're going to be um, paying attention to. Uh, and for me, the main thing is just trying to get the balance that I want um, in the car. So the way I want the car to react uh, on the braking and um, entry to the corner, mid corner and the rotation of the chassis. Um, and then once I've got the balance, then it's just a matter of, uh, moving everything um, either softer or harder uh, depending on the, the road surface and the characteristics of the, the stages so yeah there, there actually there isn't so much that you can change in junior WRC but the damper clicks do make a huge difference and um, uh, since um, I've only started doing this since Sweden I've just been keeping track of Keeping a closer closer eye and tracking on all the changes that I'm making, and um, even that's started to open open my eyes on things that I'm that I'm doing consistently to improve the balance that I'm that I'm getting with the car. So um, yeah, like I, I, I'm first put my hands up. I probably wasn't wasn't the most professional approach driver in the past with regards to keeping track of my setups and uh, you know tire strategies and, and things like that so it's it's just a more calculated and uh, researched approach and trying to just keep track of everything too so I can go back and analyze things afterwards yeah so it- the interesting thing for me is the approach this year clearly involves Codemasters a lot more. We saw that in Galway in 2019, where for a one-off event, there was a lot of Dirtfish, sorry, Dirtfish, <laughs> Ron Brandt, uh, Dirt Rally 2 Brandt on the car. So this is uh, this is a full campaign in the World Rally Championship. So it sounds as if you've convinced somebody within Codemasters that this is a real good idea and this correlation between uh, driving computer games and real rallying, uh, they seem to have picked up on that now. Yeah, that's that's the selling point really, is um, trying to compare uh, the virtual side with the real life um, and the crossover, crossover between the two is becoming closer and closer. Um, so throughout the year, we're um, going to be capturing uh, content from the rallies and and then afterwards we will be producing uh you know a number of videos that that are specifically trying to highlight how the game inside is similar to the real life and how you can um use the the virtual side to train for real life and and so on so um yeah, that, that's the angle that we're, we're looking at. Um, you know, it was a lot of work uh, with the, the marketing team to 
to obviously show the the, the the potential and now it's it's down to us to um to bring the return on investment to show that uh it is the the correct place to be um of course for all us rally nuts it, it makes total sense for um the the world's best rally game developer to be involved in the real sport but uh with these um, massive companies it's not always uh you know, motorsport people that are at the, the front of the company. So, uh, yeah, it's been a little bit of um, education and, and stuff along the way. So if you're going to get extra footage and that means there's more work involved in the rally side of the simulations, does that mean that you're going to be able to get Ryan Champion back to do some work because he's turning his hair out at the minute, standing <laughs> in building sites with, with high-vis and, and hard hats on? So I'm sure he would love a bit of ro- uh, work at Codemasters. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we can't say too much, but uh, I'm sure um, Ryan's... Uh, He's he's happy enough. That's 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 what I will say. <laughs> he, he looks a bit older now, though, John. You know, he, he wears slightly different clothes these days. That's, that's the other question, John. Yeah. Of course, is something that's probably preying on your mind when you go to Croatia. Is it going to be beard on, beard off? What's the hairstyle going to be? <laughs> it's actually a good question. I have I have started to get rid of the well, certainly trim down the beard. Um, so I'm thinking to go go baby face just to try and fit in a little bit more. <laughs> Happy days, happy days. Listen, mate, it's it's good to see you back, as as Trev said, with a full program as well. I think that's that's really really important. So um, we will we will check in with you on a regular basis because you're going to be our boy uh, or man with facial hair um, in, in JWRC this year. So congratulations, you are our man in, in JWRC. Brilliant, thank you very much. Not a problem. Um, we're going to go to a little break. We're going to let John go and get his lunch. Uh, we're going to let. Trev, go and tell people about Porsches. We're going to let Ryan get agitated with builders, and then I'm going to come back with Chris Ingram. Hi, everyone. This is John Desborough, commentator and presenter on the World Rally Championship. I'm hoping you've seen my debut novel, Breaking Point. If you haven't, check it out on eBay. It's a roller coaster ride of deceit and blackmail from a golden age of the WRC. And like a good rally, it starts fast and gets faster. Breaking Point by me, John Desborough, on eBay now for $7.99. Welcome back to the final section of Absolute Rally and somebody who I've not spoke to, it feels like fit. Ever, but to be honest with you, 2020 really didn't happen, did it? We, we keep on trying to block it out. Let's be honest, it wasn't the greatest of years. Um, but I wanted to get him on because one, we've not spoken to him for ages, and two, he's broke some great news today, which I know he's been working towards. So as we record this, being what day is it? It's Tuesday, isn't it? Is it Wednesday? It's Bank Wednesday. Holiday. Bank Holiday throws me. Chris Ingram, there you go. Chris putting me straight. How are you doing, Chris? <laughs> Great to speak to you, Tom. Really good, thanks. Me? Well, it's, you know what? It's great to speak to me on two levels. Not because you're speaking to me, but normally if you're speaking to me, we'll have a few text conversations. But if we're having a conversation like this, it means something's happening rally-wise. So it, it is good, and it's not because you're speaking to me. So um, the announcement came out today, as, as we said, uh, Wednesday as we record. Obviously, you finally got a program in place for the WRC, which is something which you've been working towards if, you know, probably all your life. So congratulations first. Thanks, Tony. Yeah, it's, it, is, it really is a dream come true. I know that's cliche, but we have been working so hard for this. And to be honest, last year, I didn't know if I was ever going to rally again. Right. With COVID and all my sponsors pulling out, I didn't think I'd ever rally again. So... It's just unbelievable how it's all happened. It's just over the last 
month or so. Okay. So what 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 do you think triggered the change? Then obviously, you know, we all know what happened last year for everybody. You know, it was a strange time commercially for businesses and stuff like that. So I can understand, you know, how you generate budget and stuff like that. How that must have been demoralising, really. But so what's happened over the last month for you, Chris? Just walk us through that. So um, I've actually got a new management team, which is. Um, they're, they're actually Ross's family. Okay. Um, a gentleman called Adam Shaw, who's a former Formula One uh, lawyer and manager. He's related to Ross. And we met up uh, about a year ago, just before COVID, sorry. And he really believes in, in Ross and I. And he decided he wants to help us take the next step and to raise the funding. So we've got a few different well, quite a lot of people on board now to do it properly. And, and it's, it's a dream situation because I'm just the driver now. So we formed a company called Rally Warrior and raised an investment that way and sponsorship. Okay. So with regards to, I've seen the images. Um, I'm, I'm assuming we're back in a Skoda, which is great because obviously you've been there before and stuff. With regards to the team that you're with this time round, who are we with this time round? So I'm with a new team called SXM. Okay. The team manager's Fred McClott, who's Freddie Royce's co-driver. Right. Um, a mega, mega bloke, really experienced. And it's a, it's a small team, but built around Ross and I. So it's, you know, I'm feeling really strong about it. We're the main focus and we've all got the same goal. Which is fantastic. And, was it was it easy to stay with the Skoda? Was that is there is there any help from that side at all, or you know is it something to do with the commercial tie up there? You know to remain with, with in the Skoda, um, Fabio. We, we've not got support from Skoda, but it's such a reliable car. Uh, we're going to start the championship in the Skoda and and see where we get on. But we're not we've not we've not got any allegiance to any manufacturer, so. We, the Skoda is the best bet for now and we need to build some relationships because we've also got funding in place for WRC2 next year. Um, so the plan is to, to secure some support from a manufacturer for next year this, you know, through, through what we do this year. Wow. Fantastic. So this, so this is a two-year plan then, I guess? Yeah, at, at least. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Two How years if I drive like a Muppet. <laughs> okay. Okay. Which is insane. Well, we've let's never be... had this much security. Yeah. Oh, so this is a whole. Well, if this is a whole new ball game because, as you say, you know, we, we we've we've heard about drivers before. Obviously, you've, you've you've drove by the seat of the pants from event to event and stuff. And it, you know, you, you can think about people like Chris Meek and and people like that who went through all that and then kind of got you know settled and and and, and got a contract. And yeah. you know, how has that changed your your outlook then? If you know you've now got this two-year kind of at least two-year plan what what goes into your mind now with regards to you know like you're on your way to a test now does that change how you test what what what's changed in chris now i suppose is the the clumsy way of me getting to the point of what's changed in you i guess well, i don't even know because i've not driven the car for so long i've not driven the fabio since we won the erc 16 months ago so we'll see but it means I'm unleashed really and there's not there's definitely not the same pressure that I need to bring the car home and not 
scratch it every rally because when we won the ERC, it really was that case that if I crashed, it was the end. I don't think a lot of people really appreciate how hard that was. But now we it's not the same it's not that pressure, it's a different kind of pressure that we can we can push and if we make the odd mistake it's not the end of the world. Okay. So uh, you know, we've been leading up to this as you say, it's it's kinda happened in the last month, but how have you kept I suppose, you know, it's 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 been a tough time for, for, for lots of people and lots of walks of life over the yeah. last sixteen months. How how have you kept focused, Chris? What's what's kept you going? Um, I was very lost and it was like you say, it's been a, such a hard time for so for most of us I'd say. And um, it was hard to keep focused, but I there was two things. There was I got a new coach, fitness coach, and that kept me mentally sane. And I also have done a lot of uh, online rallying on Dirt Rally. Okay. And we set up a championship, which was quite successful. So that, that, that was actually initially keeping me focused and keeping keeping us going. It was really good fun. But it, I'd say the mix of the, the fitness and that. Um, but everything else has been a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it we've is. got light at the end of the tunnel now and and, and, and that's it you know I, I suppose from the point of view of, of, of going to we, we, we really didn't know you know you think about this time last year and you think about the roller coaster the world's been on for the last year we really didn't know yeah. what you know every, I hate the terms that came out like new norm and all these other things that came up but we we really yeah. didn't know what the future was going to be and that's a tough sell for anybody you know to try and sell something that we really don't know what the world's going to look like in six months time is incredibly difficult yeah yeah definitely but it's it's all thank god it's all come come to life again so the, i've seen the images of the car that the looks like there's there's a there's a long standing partner there that that i can make out of it might be just the way my eyesight's going in old age but just yeah. tell us about who the partners are we've we've got on board for for this project then so Car Finance 24-7, a Manchester company, they've, they've actually already backed me for three or four years um, at a lower level, but they've decided to to go in big and they're our, our key partner, our main partner, signed up for two years. Um, we've got WS Transportation, ProTech, Crew Oil and Fleetback. So a lot of partners, a lot of support, um, and I'm, I'm just so grateful. So, so I can't put into words how grateful and, and happy I am right now. Is this been is this been an, an education for you? Because the language has changed from you know I've known you for a long I've known you longer than most people, and the notes the things that I notice is the language change, and the language changes is talking about partners and key partners, and I've not really heard you use those terms before. And I think that's really interesting. You're right, yeah. Because these people, without them, I'd be doing, I'd be having to get a normal job. Um, and you know, they're giving us this. It is a life-changing chance. Yeah. So, I'm, I am so grateful, and it's amazing how it's all happened, really. Because when we won the ERC, we crowdfunded on the to get to the last two rallies and about 400 people chipped in 
So without those 400 people, that would have never led on to this. Um, so, yeah, I've got to, I am, and I've got to be so grateful for everyone that's helped me. And, 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 and clearly, you, clearly you are, but I just wonder whether, you know, I don't know what, what's changed and obviously the new management team and everything else, but there's clearly a, a, a change in, in, in the terminology that you use and, and, and the phrases that you use and when it's talking about people who are, who are getting you and supporting you during, you know, during this campaign. I just wonder whether, uh, uh Chris, how old are you now, Chris? 26. What would 26 year old Chris, what would he have been telling 21 year old Chris what he knows today? Probably nothing because I've always done my best, but I would say I was struggling. I was struggling like mad and I was fighting for it. So maybe that came over as a bit, I don't know, a bit desperate and a bit like I was just struggling. Yeah. I, I, yeah, the, the, the thing that I take from it, and, and as I say, listening to you and kind of knowing you over this period of time, is that I, I just wonder whether if you would have had, and listen, the benefit of hindsight, I'm, I'm you know, I'm 46 years old, and, and the, 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 the fact that I look back and what I'd say to me 20 years ago when I started companies and stuff like that, I, I, you know, I would have done things so differently. And I just wonder whether if you would have had, the the foresight that you've got now where you're talking about having key partners and stuff like that, whether the last five years might have been a bit easier for you if you would have had, you know, that experience with you uh, and those people around you, you know, kind of five years ago, maybe. Yeah, yeah. But I was doing everything on my own, Tony, so it was so hard to manage. It's a business now, so it was so hard to manage it like that on my own. Yeah. So I don't think I would change anything. I was doing my best. Yeah, but to have the expertise around, just to have that is so important. Yeah, um, no, and like I said, I'm, I'm just the driver now, which is what I've always dreamed of. You know, not having to do all the hard other bits. Hey, no, listen, and listen. Get to focus now. And, and you know, sometimes it's it's the journey. This the part, the journey that you've been on is part of it anyway. So it's not necessarily a bad Definitely. thing. You know, you, you know what I mean. It's just more of an observation of of somebody that's known you for a long time and just listening to the terminology yeah. you use and it's changed. And I find that really interesting. It, may, it makes me smile listening to it because I think, okay, it's like <laughs> it almost sounds like something's clicked a little bit because you, yeah. you, the driving side of it is it's obviously that's the that's the that's the pinnacle of it. But there's so many as, aspects to it which obviously you've been you've been part of as well but it's not just about driving you know it's there's so many other oh, things to it and it. yeah it's, and when you're just a young kid with a manc accent not much knowledge of how things work you've just got to do your best it's, it's the manc accent mate i'll be honest with you obviously we've got <laughs> we've got that east lancashire road divide you know already starting to kick in now you know what i mean so yeah to me it was that's where it all went wrong chris if you don't have my accent you'd have been fine <laughs> anyway, I listen. It been harder. I know. I probably ten times harder. Trust me, mate. I've been there. Um, <laughs> so, just tell us about what 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 events what what are in for this year. Then, just take us through it, mate. So, we're starting in Croatia, um, which is you know it's our first event in in the top level for a long time. So, I'm not going to put too much expectation on myself. We need to get back into it. Then we're going to go to Portugal, Sardinia, Greece, Ypres and Spain. That's probably going to be the programme. I'm not, there might be a few changes depending on COVID and stuff, but three gravel, three tarmac, that's the plan. 
fantastic. What a proper what a proper list of events. Did Greece coming back on yeah. board was that was that really helpful for you as well? Because obviously that's only just been recently announced. Was that was that something that obviously uh, is is made life a little bit easier for you? Because obviously you know trying to get your six events in, I suppose, was 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 going to be quite tight. Well, we were going to do Estonia, and we still might, but there's so many local Finns and Baltic drivers who are just rapid in Finland and Estonia, you know, that only turn up for that one rally. Mm -hmm. So I thought Greece would be a much better opportunity for us to go for a win. A brand new rally for everyone. Um, Greece, oh yeah, that would be an insane event. A classic as well, like you said. I was just going to say, it is a classic. I think historically, and someone's bound to put me straight on this because the joys of social media and stuff, but historically, it used to be one of the slowest events as well. Because, oh, really? Yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was quite rough and obviously lots of corners and stuff like that. So, I'm, uh, by all means, somebody put me straight, but I can remember, and I'm going back probably 25 years ago, I'm sure statistically it was actually one of the slowest events as well. But somebody will put me straight, Chris, because you know how the world works these days. So I'll <laughs> I'll, I'll leave that with a slight question Probably mark. Ryan. Yeah, I know. If Ryan, yeah, Ryan can't wait. Jesus, when he's <laughs> when I say something, we can be recording, and I'll get a text message as we're having a conversation. Going, you got that wrong. It's like, yeah, cheers, mate. No Thanks. Thanks for the support. Listen, Chris, uh, you're you're away to a test. You're actually already en route, so I'm not going to take up any more of your time. So listen, thank you so much for joining us, mate, and congratulations again. Thanks so much, Tony Richen. Really appreciate it. Good lad. Uh, folks, it has been absolutely rally for this week. Um, and that's it for this season. We're going to have two or three weeks off now. And, and then we'll be back with uh, season 23 and the new Kielder competition, which is going to be mega. Uh, but we'll be back same time, same place, in the Park Hostel in about three weeks. Absolute Rally. Powered by the Kielder Works team. Spread the word and download the podcast every week. 